A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Ollie Davis, joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? My audio should be much nicer now. Ooh, silky smooth all over <laughs> my ears. Uh, I'm good. We haven't had a proper chance to chat about WrestleMania. I know, right? It was weird when we got onto our call this morning. Um, you know, our sort of like usual morning call to see what we're going to do for the day. I suddenly thought, I haven't actually seen Oliver Davis since Thursday. And it's now, it's Tuesday today, right? It's Tuesday, I think. Yeah, you know what time it is. You know what that means. I, um, I'm totally lost on what day anything is the at this point. Yeah, but what, should we save the WrestleMania sort of review? And, and you know, I can reestablish myself as your true best friend. Blompier mm. tried to get in there, but it's the Ollie and Luke well, connection that I'll people want. I'll be honest with you, mate. You don't really have that stiff a competition because um, he did a swear, so I had to do extra editing. And <sighs> do you know what? When Oliver Davis is on this show, no extra editing required. What the F are you? <laughs> you should just jump cut that bit into the main show. <laughs> Anyway, we're talking about LOL, Big Show, he's back, and he's a WWE Championship contender, apparently. Here is the show. Well. Right, so let's talk about the main event of not just Raw, but turns out... WrestleMania 36 Part 2 forward slash B Section 9X itself. Yeah. It's too big for two nights. Yeah, well, WrestleMania technically spread over three nights, uh, it seems, <laughs> because the main event of this show uh, was first the same video recap package of Brock versus Drew that they played at the start of the episode, about as long as the match itself, I think. Yeah, I've written in my notes here. They recap Drew versus Brock. I say recap. It was basically the whole match. You do four finishes. I do four finishes. I win. My finishes yeah. are better than your <laughs> finishes. Uh, and then we had Drew McIntyre, like that they threw to here's what happened after Mania went off air last night. 
still, you know, pretending like it's live, but who cares? I don't mind. And it was, in, in this world, it was 20 minutes after the Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre match. So Drew comes out to the ring. He's got his title on his shoulder. He says, now to, to uh, not Renee Young's conducting the interview in the ring, he says, now, now it really feels real now. I'm not dreaming. I've got the title plates right there. And God damn, I love Drew. <laughs> yeah, and do you know what? Drew is so good and he's so likable that he made me like not really think about it. I was like, huh, so Drew beat Brock, celebrated, went backstage and then came out again for a promo. Very, very weird thing to do. But I don't care, because Drew is awesome. He was so, so great in this interview segment. Yeah, and then he he sort of thanked Paul Heyman, which was a really interesting thing. He, he thanked Paul Heyman because he said it was the, Paul shouting at Vice to Brock, you know, give him another F5, give him another F5, which made, which almost fueled Drew on. Like you've you know you put me down so much throughout my career, I, I'm not going to be beaten again. Paul's words of encouragement to Brock were actually encouragement to Drew, so that was the reason he thanked Paul in kayfabe. But to me, when he looked in the camera and went, "Thank you, Paul Heyman," I you know that's that is a very nice show of respect to the man who is currently in control of Raw's uh, booking, you know, if you take out Vince McMahon, Raw is, uh, Paul Heyman is the Raw executive director. He has the book and he chose Drew McIntyre to be the next face of the company. So that thank you, Paul, was a genuine shoot one. Yeah, but also because Paul was essentially giving away Brock's game plan. Uh, and, you know, Drew was thanking him for, for, you know, giving him the heads up of what move Brock's going to attempt next. In the sort of in the kayfabe world, in the kayfabe world. Anyway, also in the kayfabe world, well, <laughs> the Big Show's music hit, and the Big Show came down to the ring, turned heel in the process. <laughs> yes, he did. The last time we saw him was only in January, where he was definitely a babyface helping Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe against Seth Rollins and his disciples. Big Show gets in the ring and says. I think you should give me a match for the title yeah, right he, now. Yeah, he said, Drew is a big man, but he's no giant. He wants a match right now. And Drew said, like, I'm not going to fight you right now. I've just beaten Brock Lesnar. Uh, I, I'm not going to have another match now. I'm not going to be goaded into this. And the show is like, no, well, that says to me that you're scared. Uh, and Drew said, there is nothing you can say that will convince me to fight you right now. So show slapped him and we got a match. Yeah, and, and you know, like so often... Uh, baby faces get put in these positions where they, they're made to look stupid. You know, when they're at a massive disadvantage, they're agreeing to stuff for pride, essentially. You know, I can't... The amount of number one contenderships or money in the bank briefcases that have been put on the line because a heel said something slightly nasty to them, it, it doesn't work more often than not. But for whatever reason, maybe it's because I'm so into Drew as uh, not just someone who won't back down to stuff like this but also someone who has enough faith in his own abilities and i believe in him that he he can take on big show 20 minutes after beating brock lesnar and eating four f5s and and win i i, I thought it was actually really really good booking i honestly thought as well and perhaps i don't know whether this is just cynicism against wwe or them you know, being conditioned by them to always expect the worst. But I did think Big Show was going to win this match. 
I thought, what? Why are they having this match now? Like, why is he been going? Big Show's going to win the title, isn't he? I cannot believe it. Because they were really putting over this idea that it's been 20 minutes since he won the title. No champion has ever done this before, which is incorrect because Yoko did it um, to, to Hulk Hogan. WrestleMania and, 9. Uh, yep. Um, so I, in the, my, this whole time, I was like, oh my God, Big Show's going to win the title. They're, and it, it's, I cannot believe that Big Show's going to win the belt. And so when Drew won, my note is, oh, thank God, Drew won. Yeah. Well, <laughs> because, that... I, I, because I want Drew to win. I want Drew to remain the champion. I was totally worked by this. Right? Yeah. I mean, I never thought he was going to lose the belt. But I, I <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's playing on all the stuff that's come before. I think that the commentary team did an excellent job getting over the threat as as. as even though they were technically lying, because this, like you said, this has happened before, it did add a lot to the drama. And man, when McIntyre came up for that choke slam, yeah. and he jumped up for it. He's a tall guy already. Big Show's a tall guy already. He took that like a champ. Drew's the ultimate professional. I reacted to that near fall. <laughs> Yeah, totally, absolutely, and like, really, this was done. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know this for sure, but I've got to imagine that this was done to promote the next the Netflix show. Um, the, that's up there now, the Big Show show, the Big Show um, show, the Big Show show. So, like, it kind of makes sense to put Big Show out there, and that was the other side of it as well. I was like, oh, mate, they want to promote the Big Show show. What better way to promote the Big Show show than to have the Big Show, the Big Show champion show? Uh, <laughs> And so, and that was the other thing that was playing around in my head. I got totally emotionally invested in this match. So, absolutely credit to WWE. And you know what? Like credit to WWE for this whole weekend because I think you know, come hell or high water, I thought they actually put on a really, really solid two nights of WrestleMania. The super chats we had over the uh, Wrestle Talk podcast uh, shows that I did with Adam. I know you won't have seen them because you don't watch anything you're not a part of. Why would um, I? Joe. <laughs> um, but uh we had a fair number of super chats we were like surely we can't go back to two night manias now because the what the two night was well, sorry the one night manias rather surely we have to stick with the two night ones where there were nice tidy three hour shows mm. that were very very lovely to watch and I, while i didn't overly love this episode of raw because it was four squash matches too many um i i actually really really liked the main events thought it was great it's it's interesting that wwe all the great things about this weekend is stuff that would only work now. Like, you couldn't... I don't think you could do um, the Undertaker-Boneyard match, the Firefly Funhouse match in an arena show because you've just got, you know, 70,000 people watching a TV screen for 20 minutes. It doesn't work it, for a live environment. It didn't work when they did the House of Horrors match. Remember, because they had they cut away from that, and apparently the in the the crowd in the arena got really really bored and started booing it. So that when the Randy Orton and Wyatt came out for like the final of the match, everyone was booing it. And that makes total sense. So what you do is you time your intermissions for those bit that you that you play live. Um, but the it, if this if this angle of Drew McIntyre versus Big Show was the final segment of the Raw after Mania. It's awful. It's it's terrible. It's getting booed out the building by that hardcore crowd. And 
it might actually be worse than Kofi and Seth teasing a champion versus champion match last year and then teaming up to face the bar. What is what, more I... anticlimactic than that? However, because the way they did it and they framed it as this happened 20 minutes after WrestleMania last night, I thought it worked perfectly. You had me on the edge of my seat for a, a, a match that you told me was definitely pre-recorded. I... I will disagree with you slightly on that. I think this would have got over in front of a live crowd. Not, Not the, the Raw After Mania crowd. I think the Raw After Mania crowd, they would have been really like, I think they all would have been like, oh my God, Big Show is going to win. And when Drew did win and he retained the title, I think that would have got a major, a greater pop. I don't think it's fair to compare it to the tag match from last year, which was just like Disappointment City. That was like proper letdown stuff. Drew getting a big win over a giant, I don't think would have gone over. Like Big Show, would have been booed but he should have been booed he was the heel um so i think it probably would have worked i don't know why it had to be it was from wrestlemania last night this still could have been the main event of raw like drew could have just come out and been like hey i won the title 24 hours earlier and then big show comes out like it being at wrestlemania doesn't really add anything more to it other than the fact that it was 20 minutes after the the brock match i, which but... I think adds, uh, which i think asks more questions than it answers ah uh, that that's that's the detail that wins me over, actually. Mm. The 20 minutes after, after, you know, having the four F5s, um, F20, as I said in my review. Yes, that was a joke. I can do four times five. Well, we've got a super chat about that just for the yeah. record. <laughs> um, the, uh, yeah, I, I thought that's what made it work, actually. Um, but I, I'm, I'm willing to hear other opinions. Uh, just one more thing from me on this. I love that within the space of 25 minutes of wwe time brock lesnar and big show put over drew mcintyre like a million bucks that is like three generations of paul Heyman guys mm, big, big yeah. paul Heyman guys and i That's i really they didn't mention that on commentary but just the, the sort of background of history and context i i found very rewarding I, yeah, that was the other side of the, the big show thing of when I thought he was going to win. I thought he's going to be the first person to be like, I'm not sure if he's the first person, actually, but he's certainly been the first WWE champion. Uh, I don't know. Actually, I'm not going to say that. He would have been a champion over four decades, like a, a, a champion in every single decade. Mm. A champion in the 90s, the noughties, the 10s and then the 20s. Um, in the same way that Undertaker became the first man to main event. Uh, four WrestleManias in four different decades. Yeah. Which yeah. is a, an incredible feat, really. Well, speaking of uh, building new talent, we got a NXT call-up confirmed. Really? It's got to be confirmed. They didn't officially say. They, d- they did say. Ah, they did, did they? Bianca Belair yeah, so- is officially on Raw. Yeah, so on uh, WrestleMania, Bianca Belair came out to make the save when Theory and Gaza were beating down the Street Profits with Selena Vega, and Bianca Belair came down to make the save. And we were talking on the podcast yesterday, well, we're not sure if this is a call-up, they never called it a call-up, but it sort of felt like it was. But then on this show here, they were like, no, no, Bianca Belair is officially a part of the Raw roster now, and it was an official call-up. In what was a, um, a quite a muddled few segments, um, and it, by the end of it, I was like, oh, for God's sake, just get, we know where this is going, get to the point. I've really, I mean, my first note here is, Vega comes out in her gear, this is for the Street Profits Angel Gaza match, I've written here, Vega comes out in her gear, I smell a six-person player. <laughs> what could be happening? Mm. And, and it's weird that Belair just didn't come out with the Street Profits from the get-go, considering what yeah. happened the previous night. Uh, but yeah, that's what happened. There was just a raw replay of the Street Profits versus Team AA of Angel Gaza and Austin Theory. And they the, the, 
they caused Vega caused a DQ, which brought out Belair. Belair and Vega had a match, which was again a DQ because I think Ford and Gaza rolled into the ring brawling. And then there was a six man tag, a six person tag, I should say, in the gender after that, which was, you know, it was all fine, exciting stuff. Montez Ford is just a gift. Uh, I I find I do like Belair, but I found her performance here very, very stilted. When she came out to challenge Zelina Vega, she cut that promo to the hard cam. I challenge you, but Vega was standing behind her. Like I thought it was so artificial. Um, And where everyone else kind of looked like they were very naturalistic in that environment, I I don't think Belair did. Well, she also came out and posed. Like Mm. she came out to make the save by posing first and then coming down to make the save, which I thought was quite stilted. Also, I just feel like Bianca Belair is such a natural heel. So of course she's cast as a baby face. It's the it, I suddenly got horrible flashbacks, and I'm not going to say this the same thing's going to happen because I think they've got a lot more faith in Bianca than they do the person I'm going to compare her to. But it's Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode is a natural heel, and he was mm. a, such a great heel in NXT. So the first thing they did was bring him up to the main roster as this baby face that did not get over. I think Belair will get over as a baby face because she is an incredible talent. I think she's so good, uh, but I think she's a better heel than she's a baby face. So strong as well that like there's all these stories about her potentially being the most athletic pound for pound person in the performance center in NXT. She's so strong, and that the spot where she started squat overhead pressing Vega and Vega's very light, but as I'm finding with weight training with my lady partner's body in the house, the distribution of weight is very awkward. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to explain? Because you've explained that to us on our morning call, but you have not told everyone else. All oh, right. Is. Well, w- watch the super chats flood in. I can't <laughs> go to the gym, and the that I can't really squat anything else in the house. So I have been squatting my lady partner. She <laughs> she hugs the front of me like yeah. a like a sort Koala. of baby Bjorn, <laughs> and yeah. I squat down and I come back up again, and I do five sets of eight reps. My wife said to me today, do you want to do that? I was like, I can't do a squat on my own. Like, I'm not <laughs> going to lift someone else and do it. That sounds like madness. We we tried um, we tried deadlifts. I wrapped two belts around <laughs> and I was I was doing deadlifts, um, but the belt snapped because it was a very thin belt. So we, mm. we're going to use an Ikea bag tomorrow to see if I that's because they're very big. Nothing, I was going to say, well, also, there's nothing stronger on this planet no. than an Ikea bag. It's, it's vibranium, adamantium, and Ikea bags. And WWE putting on shows. <laughs> They're going to record SmackDown regardless. Yeah. What do you mean? You can't, can't stop us if you don't know where we are. <laughs> um, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the, the, the six-man a bit in the full review. But, yeah, it was... It did go on a bit too long, I agree. Uh, and Belair pinned Vega, I guess... She's going to face, they're going to build her up to face Becky or Baszler after that feud's done. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I'm not, years and years of WWE NXT main roster call-ups or even Raw After Mania brand switches Apollo Crews (laughs) doesn't fill me with optimism. So so I, I warn in advance I uh, enjoyed all the people who weren't here before 
but I am not in any way optimistic about their chances going forward. So excuse my pessimism. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, let's do our Pledge Hammer shout-outs before we get into the rest of your super chats. Hey, Luke, what is the page, what are the Patreon fans going to get this month? Well, after last month's epic review of WrestleMania 26 and an excellent episode of Wrestle Talk After Dark, where we played a Sonic Choose Your Own Adventure book from 1993, uh, this month our Wrestle Talk Pledge Hammers are going to get our review of WrestleMania. 21 well, WrestleMania hey. goes Hollywood man it's the it's the genesis of Cena and Batista uh, a really really interesting show to look back on with you know you know near, what 15 years of hindsight and it's you know we've we're back in Hollywood next year so actually quite timely and it was my first WrestleMania after being a lapsed fan mm. I stopped watching uh, after WrestleMania X8 and then came back for 21 so yeah, it's my first WrestleMania since being a lapsed fan. So, and actually, I haven't, you know, I've not stopped watching wrestling since that. Max, then, yeah, fifteen years. Wow. Um, I'll back on the train. So yeah, it'd be a very interesting one to revisit. Yeah. So go over to Wrestle Talks Patreon now, and then you can get that in the next week or so, along with loads of other benefits, including a shout out on this show. Thank you, Jack Daniels on the Carl Rocks. 
Now, well. yes, please. The incredible Tarzo. Yes, thank you. Leader of the boys, Dalton Sizemore. What a good lad. The <clears throat> jester, Ryan Kester. Thank you. Joe, 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 Joe. Yes. Yes. Never wrong, Tyler Wright. Thank you, Tyler. He's one of a kind. Ket. Do, 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 do. Yo, Adrian. Rocky. Thank you. Send me to heaven, Evan Reich. Woo. Yeah. Jeremy Sporkin, Glastody Smith. Thank you. And for that beautiful rendition, Golden Mick Holden. Thank you. Holding on to what's golden. The man who wears the gold, the man recognised by SWAP Nation International as the 24-7 champion, our legend. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you all so much. We'll kick things off with Phoenix, who says, uh, I know it's perfectly reasonable for Drew not to want to fight, but it did weird me out a bit how much Drew didn't want to fight. Maybe sour on him a little, to be honest. Not very Celtic warrior-like of him. I, yeah, I know what you mean, because the, there was a, a good two minutes there, I think, where Drew was just saying, I'm not going to fight you, mate. Um, which, yeah. yeah, isn't... But I, I may, that may, almost made me respect him more. Because he's smart. He's a smart babyface champion. And God, I love those. <laughs> Start recording. McIntyre completed the main campaign and, unlo and unlocked <laughs> the secret boss, Big Show. Well, it's better than unlocking Fred Durst, I suppose. Yeah, heal uh, Big Show as well. <laughs> and, uh, well, that, I was about to say that's like a super secret one, but that's, <laughs> uh, those are quite commonplace, to be honest. Uh, Matthew Robinson. It seems unbelievable that Big Show would go down with one Claymore and Brock <laughs> goes down with three. Oh, I didn't think that. Hmm. Like, Brock is far uh, more superpowered. Yes. Um, start recording. Do you think that McIntyre will have a longer reign than Kofi Kingston? I think he'll have a more serious reign than Kofi Kingston. Yeah, so Kofi's was, what, six months nearabouts, all in all? Um, mm -hmm. Yes, I hope so. I don't want him to drop the title for, for a while. You know, Survivor yeah. Series at the earliest. And I think that he'll be given actual proper feuds and stuff and will be treated like uh the, the third most important thing on a show like unfortunately kofi kingston was uh and start recording again i'm still hoping for andrade versus mysterio in an iron man match please yeah that'd be great yeah hopefully when all this blows over juan villa is uh, drew scottish or british he's both he won which means he's british exactly uh wilson simons just a random thought i had what if selena vega joined seth group because she's so good at recruiting guys buddy and gaza can go for the tag titles no that you're you're merging factions for no reason there they, they've got totally different briefs uh and matthew robinson says so happy to see nia Jax back hope she gets some good booking my best friend nia Jax. yeah well <laughs> we'll see i mean I, I, we don't know if you know paul Heyman's in charge of the creative on raw now so we'll see how that works but yeah baszler becky nia jacks bianca belair women's division liv morgan Asuka, and pff, yeah liv morgan you know to, to job to people that's that sounds great yeah uh start recording uh back in again lots of donations from start recording Thank today you. uh the fiend the fiend should beat Strowman reigns and undertaker then alistair black beats him because fiend can't get into black's mind so black ends up making the feed come into his mind 
I really like all of I, I I think Strowman is definitely the next feud for The Fiend. I think uh, Undertaker after that, and then Roman Reigns. I th- those are three really, really good contextual feuds for Bray to have, considering his history with them. Alistair Black, I do, I just keep them away from each other. I and I don't like the idea of having to then go into Black's mind because he's not a supernatural character. He's just the no. guy who's very good at kicking and into the occult. Uh, and we'll just have one last one here, which is from the Ryan B, uh, the bad one, Ryan B. Bad. Turn Apollo heel now and have him join Rollins. Um, I, I, I'm not massively. I think Rollins's group is quite full currently. I know we are we're not seeing a lot of them at the moment because of the you know situation we currently got, but I just don't think we should just start adding random names to Seth's group for no reason. Yeah, I agree. I don't I don't know what he would add really uh, for, yeah. for what is already a four person group. Titus Worldwide. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, he, was he part of Titus Worldwide? Yes, it was Titus Apollo, like, and and Dana Brooke, and then there was also, oh, yes. uh, uh Tozawa. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Akira Tozawa just... won the cruiserweight championship because he was part of Titus Worldwide, didn't he? Yeah, let me just double check Titus <laughs> Worldwide. Um, you talk about our announcement. Um, oh, uh, which, which announcement's this? What we're the doing tomorrow. Yes, okay, so, yeah, well, after the rousing success of Quizzlemania last week, which was our wrestling-based quiz show over on our Parts Fun Known channel, where all the fun stuff happens uh, for, <laughs> you know, that's wrestling-related, um, it's, yeah, it was really good. It was a wrestling uh, quiz hosted by Adam Blompier with myself, Ollie, Andy Datsun, and Pete Quinnell competing together over very silly uh wrestling knowledge it was not like thankfully it didn't require actual a lot of trivia knowledge it just required a bit of smarts which is why i didn't win and um and randy cheated which is why he won <laughs> we got you know we all know that's confirmed right Stop uh, but it was that. <laughs> but it was such a success that we're gonna make it a weekly series over on parts fun known and not only that we got guests We've got guests booked up to come in and compete on Quizzlemania. And that starts tomorrow with Quizzlemania 2 featuring Larson from Going In Raw. Which I'm super, super excited about because we've had Steve on the show. We've had Steve on the WrestleTalk podcast previously. But we've not actually had Larson over on WrestleTalk or Parts of Unknown. So, hey, Larson gets to make his Swaff Nation debut. So we opened with the recap package of Durham Brock, which was pretty much the whole match. Then Byron Saxton introduced the episode as hitting the reset button on WWE. Because it's kind of, you know, it's it's the new season. WrestleMania is over. New feuds and characters can begin. And the first match of that new era was Asuka versus Liv Morgan. Yeah, Todd Phillips put this over as like a a standard Raw after Mania. He was like, "Hey, it's always the craziest night of the uh, the calendar year when you get lots of different things." And really, in hindsight, it wasn't that wild and or crazy. It felt like a sort of an mm. average Raw, as opposed. Although you know there was less archive footage, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it, it, I did like the fact that a lot of this felt like a reset, and you know, this is starting afresh. It's going to be the case, though, that the previous, you know, the last three, four weeks or however long it's been, I don't know how long quarantine's been going on for now, uh, three years by, you know, some accounts, um, 
that it felt like they were just trying to get to WrestleMania and get WrestleMania out of the way. Now that WrestleMania is, quote, out of the way, they will need to start building some storylines. So, you know, Raw and SmackDown after Mania, you don't really need to do any storylines then. But as of next week, if you, if WWE are going to continue with their sort of plans of, you know, they're cracking on with this, they will need to start doing some big storylines. And, you know, they, they made some starts of that here of here are the resets, here are the people you're going to be seeing more of in the lead up to SummerSlam. It'll be interesting to see how they do that because, you know, there's there's two options. You can try and get together every month and batch record a load of stuff, which I would say is the safest thing to do and the best for long-term booking because you can't change things last minute, can you? If it's already nope. filmed. Uh, although WWE still managed to find a way with WrestleMania 36, changing the match order and then here's a Braun Strowman. But the... The, the other way to do it, which is reportedly what WWE are going to do, is still broadcast these shows live. So this Friday, apparently SmackDown is going to be live from this secret location, which means you're getting people out of their house, they're traveling more often. Uh, you know, it, that to me is, is just, just increases the risk exponentially. There is no good way to do this, but if you are no. going to do it, I would say the non-live lowest frequency option is the best way. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. Um, but with Asuka and Kyrie, uh, not Kyrie Sane, with Asuka and Liv Morgan here, uh, I thought Liv looked good. This was a good match. Um, I, yeah. I would say I do like Liv, but I wouldn't be surprised if this was about 70% Asuka because she is one of the best wrestlers in the whole company, out like the world, to be honest. And... I just got that Asuka beat Liv Morgan at the end of it. Made a did she make a tap? I think she made a tap out with yeah. the Asuka lock. Yeah. So um, that doesn't again that doesn't fill me in co with confidence for this new era for Liv Morgan. I think Liv's got a really decent move set. I really like a lot of the moves that she does, uh, and I, I quite like the selling of the Ascalog of Liv trying to you know fight out for it as long as possible. And I thought that they they teased out the Ascalog for you know a really nice period of time. My problem I had now with Liv is that while I like Liv and I like her moveset and I like her look and I like, you know, the way that she just like carries herself around in the ring, I've been given no reason to care because they had all these, you know, weeks of promo packages of hyping up the return of Emmalina. Then she came out in a storyline she wasn't really supposed to be a part of. Then she was just dropped from that storyline. They started doing something with Ruby Wright, which has just been dropped. And then she beat Natalia at WrestleMania. And they're like, hey, you know, she beat Natalia at WrestleMania. That's a really big deal. I'm like, is it though? Like, it doesn't <laughs> really feel like a big deal. And then she loses to Asuka here. So I've been given no reason to care about Liv Morgan. Ergo, when she comes out for a match, I don't really care. Yeah, what's her character, I suppose? I, I couldn't tell you beyond she's, you know, blonde. And she yeah. now dresses like Scarlet Bordeaux. Yeah, I think that is her gimmick. Did you see the shade? The Nia Jax killer cross shade. I did, yes. I also yeah. saw you just dab then as well. Damn. I'm down <laughs> with the kids. I'm watching so much interwebs now. I'm up with all the memes. Uh, I thought it was interesting that there was no Kyrie Sane here, considering they mm -hmm. had the match at WrestleMania. Um, apparently, Kyrie was in Japan for a lot of these tapings because she just got married. Ooh. So yes. they saved the Kabuki Warriors tag at Mania until the very last moment uh, for when she got back. So maybe this match was actually filmed before the WrestleMania match. Oh. So well, she, yeah, because she did come out without the title, yeah. Yeah, so that might be why Kyrie 
wasn't here. But I'm just, I, everything that's happened since TLC with that concussion and then the, you know, the Charlotte Flair stuff, the reports that Kyrie's looking elsewhere, Stardom have publicly said they want to bag her contracts up very soon. I think Kyrie Sane's off. So do I. Yeah, I think we've seen the... Uh, I'm not sure if we've seen the last of Kyrie Sane, but I don't think we'll be seeing her this time next year in WWE. Squashed by Nia Jax in two weeks' time, I think. Oh, dear. Well, could be. Uh, then we got a WrestleMania 37 promo uh, for Hollywood. Really fun stuff. They kind of replaced famous landmarks with various catchphrases. Let's hope they can run shows by then. And then oh, we yeah. got a... They did this a lot. They played an interview clip that was recorded sort of immediately after the WrestleMania match of the person involved. So Charlie Caruso was then shown speaking to Becky Lynch like 20 minutes after her match with Shayna Baszler. Not a big show in sight, don't worry. Uh, but Becky <clears throat> just spent the time putting over Shayna. And then it cuts yeah, to Shayna. really put her over. Yeah, and then it cuts... Shame she didn't do that in the actual match. But then it cuts <laughs> to uh, Shayna, who's just like just saying the words the agony of my defeat over and over again and she says like i will make becky lynch feel the agony of my defeat i uh, we haven't spoken me and luke haven't spoken about wrestlemania and our thoughts i thought the becky lynch shana match was the second worst thing of the entire weekend and the worst thing was goldberg versus braun Strowman, which is a very clear winner so i this is kind of like the worst booking decision really outside of that for me well, I mean, I when we did the podcast review and even when we did the live stream, when Baszler lost, and because I'd predicted for Baszler to lose, I thought Becky was quite easily retaining in this match. Like, I, I 100% do think that report was correct that Vince has given up on her already. And I thought that the Elimination Chamber was just to make her look strong. So Becky looks even stronger when she beats her at Mania because the match they want to do is Becky Ronda. So... And that's it. Baszler is nothing more than just a monster to beat for the bigger monster in Ronda Rousey. Mm. And that sucks for Baszler. That really, really sucks for Baszler. But yeah, it was kind of what I thought it would. I thought it was what was going to happen. But you know, the the feud must continue. It's kind of what I think was a, a real key that they missed here is that Baszler said after the WrestleMania match, she was like, I had my shoulders up. Like, you know, she was looking at the referee said, I had my shoulders up when she clearly didn't. But her saying that was like, that is a much more creative finish in that Becky pins both Ronda and Baszler, but didn't actually pin them because both of them got their shoulders up to add some legitimacy to the claim of like, you shouldn't be the champion. But they didn't, haven't gone that route. They should just beat her. And now she's just like, no, I want another shot. And I'm like, I don't know like, why you get another shot. Or maybe even Shayna becomes obsessed with the idea that she did have her shoulders up. Maybe she didn't. But as, as a heel, mm. she believes she did. Might make her more dangerous now that she feels more justified in her chase of the title. I yeah, I thought it was I, I agree with everything you said really. I I think it's it will unfortunately cut all of Baszler's momentum out from under her and she'll never never be what she could have been. And nope, because we've seen it not. time and time again with anyone who loses their first big WrestleMania feud to Roman Reigns, John Cena, now Becky Lynch, they never recover from it. And that's that's mm. a real shame. So Here's pessimistic Ollie number two after the Liv Morgan <laughs> stuff. After that, we got Street Profits and Austin Theory and Angel Garza in a hour-long segment with three different matches. Um, but yeah. then, or do, have you got anything to say on that? Well, no, I just think it's just one of those things like, why did they get a rematch? Yeah. 
Well, it's because it's too big for just two nights. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, and then we got another interview from WrestleMania where Bobby Lashley was talking to Charlie Caruso and he seemed annoyed that Lana gave him bad advice in his defeat to Alistair Black. Yeah, uh, he said, uh, I need new management or a new wife. And then Lana walks up with a big smile on her face, doesn't really really see what went wrong and Bobby just sort of walks away and then Lani to, La, Lani, Lana turns to Charlie and says, what did you do to my husband? And the segment ended. So the story is that Lashley is already looking to divorce uh, Lana and move on, uh, whereas Lana doesn't see what she did was wrong in the match. Um, it's it's kind of amazing that this is exactly what Andy Datsun predicted um, in the predictions video. So yeah, hats off to him. Absolutely hats off to him that he called this storyline coming. People... People uh, think that Andy Datsun cheats, but it cannot be overlooked that he just has a ridiculously good brain for this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Because he, I've seen him under control conditions get perfect scores on crazily obscure Harry Potter quizzes. Oh, so yeah, it's absolutely. not a surprise that he won Quizzlemania. And and our and our. Private quiz that we had on Friday that I did. Ah, well, that's what I was going to say. Although Pete's lady partner does contend that she witnessed him cheat, because it was like it was naming the MCU movies in reverse chronological order, and in and Andy was holding up this framed picture, and in this framed picture you could see what looked like a Wikipedia page with the MCU listing, but could have been anything. It's you got to give the benefit of the doubt. And he had have been anything. He did just watch all of the MCU over Christmas. Oh well, he did, uh, okay. So I didn't know that because he didn't. What he said was, "I haven't seen an Avengers movie since Age of Ultron," uh, when we were doing the private quiz. So I didn't. I, I did mm. not know that about him. He was playing dumb. I see. Mm. Speaking of Wrestle League, uh, how did you find the standings? Oh my god! <laughs> I'm definitely not cheating. I, I think we, we know that much. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I came, I came very, very much last. So not very much last. You lost what three points? I think you lost by right. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. So sorry, mate. I mean, we still haven't had your uh, Royal Rumble, like your your season three punishment video. So maybe you could just say that this was your season three and your season four punishment video. Or maybe Pete could just do my season three one for me. Dance <laughs> chopper. Um, watch this space, guys. Uh, so the yeah, so after that Bobby Lashley Lana thing, which is just you know, what's the point really uh, of of getting invested in anything? Uh, we had Alistair Black versus Apollo Cruz, which was you know when this when this match started, I was like, oh okay, Apollo Cruz is on Raw now. Let's uh, let's watch him give a competitive but ultimately enhancement match to Alistair Black, where he loses in five minutes. Black mass. They had. Very, very, very good back and forth bout that went through three commercial breaks. Yeah, I thought it was just really, really great stuff, and it made like it made Apollo Crews feel like a much bigger deal. Like yes. this is the this is the first time a Cruz has felt like a big deal since he came up to the main roster, like you know, five years ago, whatever it was. He genuinely felt like coming off the back of this, like a really solid upper mid card or mid carder at the very least on, on Raw. I just kind of hope that we get some momentum off the back of this. I yeah, because he ultimately lost to the Black Mass, but man, he looked he looked great. Uh, he blocked like the whole three thing. of them. Yeah, 
Uh, and he was selling the, the leg throughout because that's what Alistair was working over. And he, he his selling was really, really good in this. Like, you know, it was all, yeah. when, whenever he landed, oh, just a little tweak. Enough to try and make it look like you're trying to hide your injury from your opponent. But you're, you know, you're letting the audience know, oh, this is the story of the match. Really, really well done. Um, but crucially, he didn't smile once. No, this feels like... This, Apollo Crews feels like one of those guys that if you put into the hands of a Bruce Pritchard over on SmackDown, they're just like, ah, eh, just put him out there. You put him into the hands of a Paul Heyman. It's like, okay, well, let's talk about what, what makes you you. And we'll go out there and we'll work on that together. And, you know, I've, maybe I'm putting too much credit onto Heyman here, but I do think that he is someone under Heyman's like, leadership can really shine because we've not seen what Uha Nation can really do in WWE because he's never really been given that opportunity to do so. Not really even in NXT because he was there for such a short period of time that he came into the main roster, uh, sort of made a balls up in a Jericho match, and after that was just donezo, like absolutely just done for, apart from the Titus Worldwide stuff, as you uh, alluded to earlier. Um, and this really felt like the biggest reset of a character we've seen you know, in quite some time, you know, with the, the, the history that he's had, they hit the big old reset button and be like, and now he's a credible guy. Which is all hugely exciting. But I've got two, three years of this under my belt now. And <laughs> I struggle to get that into it when it's not only, oh, someone's moved from between brands to get a big character reinvention and push or from NXT up. It's not even that. I'm afraid, unfortunately, this does now come down to ethnicity because Ricochet, Cedric Alexander, Umberto Carrillo. It just so happens all the Heyman projects that get good pushes, Buddy Murphy, Black, Drew McIntyre, just so happen to be white. Or mm -hmm. white men, I guess, because Liv Morgan it hasn't really worked for her. And I, no, I'm not accusing anyone of racism, or, but that there is a trend here. And if you don't, may, maybe your perception, whoever's in charge, their perception of what makes a proper drawing wrestler in WWE, if, and you've got a very clear look and somebody doesn't fit it, then you just kind of give up on them. So it's not like a an outward grotesque, like really vicious racism, but it is an underlying thing that's stopping very talented people get the opportunities they deserve. So when we're like, oh, yeah, Apollo Crews was really great there. I'm like, but he's always been great. We know yeah. that. I, but I, I can't yeah. get invested in this because because yeah. of everything that's happened over the last three years and more specifically the last nine months. I completely agree with you because this is very much like a, yeah, this was exciting, but it's week one. You know, like, let's look at this in week four and sort of see where we are in terms of the Apollo Crews push. Um. um Oh, go on in, you carry on. I was, I was going to segue. Speaking of, we've now got a new tag team. We saw them on Raw last week. I thought it was a one and done, but nope. I wonder why these two are together. Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. Yeah, they are now a tag team. We also had a recap of um, Edge and Randy, which was nowhere near as long as the match itself. Um, <laughs> Ooh, it was a long match. Ooh, um, still going on. Uh, yeah, so Cedric and Ricochet are now a tag team, team underutilized, uh, and they had a um, a pretty standard match with the Brit and Bruisers. Heels worked over Cedric. Rick got the hot tag. They won. Um, yeah, 
it sucks for them that they're kind of like that's Ricochet's second rando tag team that he's had on the main roster in the space of two in the space of two years, mm. the space of one year really, because um, he came up in January, right? He was fighting Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship little uh, five weeks ago, I think. Oh no, Ollie, you're missing the bigger picture. It's all going to lead into a rematch six years down the line, and they'll Bruce Pritchard will be on his podcast saying that it was always the plan. I again. You know, I I feel like there is some sort of uh, a, a lack of caring to to why these two are suddenly a team. Uh, I I don't like it. It doesn't sit well with me. I I can't nope. sit here and say, "Wow, Cedric Alexander and Ricochet are you know they're, they're very athletic guys, but really, why else are they together?" It makes you ask yeah. ask the questions, and you know maybe one of those questions is they've been underutilized because Vince McMahon gave up on them even though they were Heyman projects. You 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 follow that explanation, you come to the same reason that I'm getting at. They're together because... I'm not going to say it, but we all know what I'm talking about. Uh, Danny Birch and Only Lorcan were really just there to put them over, uh, which is a shame because I think they're a fantastic team. <laughs> oh, the Brambries oh. are so cool. They're a wicked, wicked act. And recap of Owens versus Rollins, which I haven't told you yet, was actually my favourite in-ring match of the whole weekend. Loved it. Ooh, that's interesting. So it was my second favourite. Rhea Charlotte was my favourite uh, in-ring match of the weekend. But yeah, Rollins-Owens is a very, very close second, particularly because I got massively worked during that match with the DQ finish. And I was like, oh God, this company's lame. And then it turned into a brilliant, like, oh, and I was like, I completely got worked by that. Massive thumbs up to you guys. Exactly the same thing happened to me. And Brian Alvarez. We're in good company. Mm. Uh, so after that, KO gave an interview in a car park. He's tweeted out his wife shot that promo. Really? <laughs> yeah. Huh. yeah. So that's uh, that's good. Sort of using minimal can crew. I, can I uh, put a bit of a dampener on this? Uh, can I pour a, a bucket of scorn over this otherwise very good trailer? Pour away. Uh, very good trailer. Uh, this very good promo. Um, the central thesis of this promo was you gave me hell for five months but it was all worth it because i got a wrestlemania moment bit marky and, uh, that, it's a it's a bit marky for me mate surely it was all worth it because you got to beat him and you got to beat him at wrestlemania twice in one night not you got to jump off a sign that will be used in video packages and you got to have a wrestlemania moment um yeah i don't like that aspect of the promo you're totally right yeah it should be all about i exposed you seth rollins for the fraud you are which would have played yeah. a lot better with the next match which i i, I you know i'm so into seth's character everything yeah. he's done since november has been perfect really he comes out after losing on saturday to kevin owens he's he is just like gingerly walking like walking down to the ring and he's managing to get both dejected and very pissed off at the same time, which are exactly right. Completely opposite emotions. <laughs> I've written here: Seth Rollins comes out sad slash angry. That's very difficult to get across, and he got both of those things across. I thought it was a masterful bit of uh, of acting on his part, and they were really putting over on commentary. He lost twice at WrestleMania, and he just, you know, he just very, very angrily beat up this dude, who I think his name was Denzel Danger. Denzel uh, Dejournet. Oh, sorry, I thought it, I thought it said Denzel Danger. And I was like, what a great like 
baddie name that that is. And he hit the stomp for the win. Yeah. And it was really, really good stuff. I, I, I thought Seth was excellent here. Um, then we got Nia Jax returning from over a year out with injury. Um, and she squashed NXT's Deonna Perazzo with Paige's mm-hmm. old Rampage move. Paige has tweeted that she has given Nia the move, like officially oh, really? handed over, which is very nice. Sort of That's interesting. puts to bed any of the Paige return rumours if she's <laughs> given away moves <laughs> like that. Uh, but yeah, really good to see Nia Jax back. It wasn't really a killer angle or anything, but she's there. And that's yeah. that's a really good Raw women's division that Becky can beat. Yes, uh, before Ronda gets back. Um, and uh, then we got a recap of the AJ Styles Undertaker match. Then Umberto Carrillo took on an Australian wrestler called Brendan Vink. He's been on TV before. I think he was on Raw last week, in fact. Really? He's certainly, I think he's had an answer of Black Squash match. I'm pretty sure Brendan Vink's been on TV before. But this was our fourth squash match in a row. And this is where I was really starting to get quite tired of, of this episode of Raw. Because, I mean, one squash is fine. Two is, you know, you're starting to push it. Three is really pushing. And then when you get to a fourth, I'm like, oh, you've run out of ideas. Like, it's... And particularly when you've got Todd Phillips at the start of this show talking about how it's the most wild and unpredictable show of the year, four squash matches back-to-back is quite lazy. Yeah, with, at the end of the day, no offence to anyone on here, but, you know, very little star power. Or all the star power we got, Edge, Randy Orton, Undertaker, was video packages or interviews from two nights beforehand. So it did. It did feel really like like even Drew McIntyre. That that wasn't tonight. That was last night. So yeah, it felt really lacking. And I, I don't like that. I that they're almost abusing NXT and the Performance Center. I was like, oh, you over there? Come here. I need yeah. a squash match. So I just think they they've got to say to the USA Network, look, we need to make these shows two hours. Yeah, I know we've got a contract and everything, but. It's yeah, we can't keep making three hour content. Because not with the, yeah. the, the lack of talent that we've got access to. It'll be interesting. do you want to do a prediction? Because like then it was a Drew McIntyre stuff that we've already covered. Do you want to do a prediction on ratings? For Raw After Mania, typically the highest rating yeah. episode of the year. So I think we're going to see a bump from last week. Me and Laurie talked about this on the magazine podcast Mm. last week, which was, you know, why are ratings falling? Because initially with these empty arena things, there was this sort of spike in not interest, but certainly like, you know, sort of curiosity of like, what does these empty arena show? What do these empty arena shows look like? And then they didn't really come back for them. And it's interesting because when they did WrestleMania 30 on ESPN, it posted a really, really great rating. And the belief in WWE was they that audience there, this sort of newfound audience, was going to tune in to Raw and SmackDown, but they didn't. But I do wonder, I think that this will do a better rating than it did last week. I think it will certainly do over 2 million viewers, whereas last week's did under. Um, and I think it will be the, the post-WrestleMania curiosity. Whether they stick around for hour three is a different matter, but I think hour one will be quite strong. But I don't know about hour three. I what do think, you think I think under two million again Ugh. overall. Uh, but we'll see. Overall, I thought this episode was, you know, even even with the circumstances, it was still still an average show. I thought. Yeah, I I, I just gone yeah three out of five maybe. I really enjoyed the Alistair Black Apollo Cruise match. Uh, and I, you know, really enjoyed the main events. But apart from that, it was it was squash match, steady and recaps, and it was just a bit too. 
a bit too skippable, mm. which you don't really want to say about a Raw after WrestleMania. But your su- 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 super chats, uh, Graham Scrivener, Drew versus Jinder with Heath with Heath as the referee for fun. Look, I know a lot of people have been making the three MB joke, but like, legit, you could bring back Jinder to be a challenger for Drew. You know, as a former WWE champion, and try and build up on that, and like try and make Jinder feel like a credible threat as opposed to just you know act, treating him like a jobber and then making him champion. If you built up Jinder for a Drew versus Jinder match, I think there is something in there for Drew Nuh-uh. to win. Obviously, nah, you just do Jinder versus Drew in a one-off, almost com- not comedy match, but just a light entertainment spot. Heath comes down, yeah, he inserts himself as a referee, and then a larger faction, like the OC come down, and like, this is nonsense, AJ wants to challenge Drew, and Jinder and Heath are like, hey, let's rally behind our buddy, and they effectively turn babyface in that moment, and you get a six-man tag, and you can spin off a Drew-AJ feud out of that, and then maybe Jinder and Heath can become a tag team act, because Jinder really should be a, a babyface if they want to break into the Indian market. I mean, your booking was way better than mine. We'll go with yours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Colostopia. Vince will want Io to replace Sane in Kabuki Warriors. EO. Hoping no one notices the difference, and then she leaves too. Well, yes, I mean, that is the, the rumours that Stardom have been, as Ollie said earlier, very, very open, uh, very, very public about wanting uh, Kairi Sane back, but they also want Io Shirai back, and her contract is up next year. Mm. Do you want uh, me to take over? Or do you, no, I'll, you I'll carry on. on. Colostopia, five times four equals 16, according to Ollie. This was a joke I did in the news today where I just intentionally get things wrong uh, and then say quick maths afterwards. Dale Creasy, I'm 24 today. Happy birthday. Hey. Much love from Australia. Stay safe, lads. Not sure if you remember me. I was the one in the front row that came up to you from Australia and got a photo. Was oh. that in... Um, the Prince Charles? Might be. I can't quite remember. Like, it, it, the front row from... It could have been a front row from... Uh, MediaCon. Yeah, MediaCon too. Yeah, could have been from various different places. But still, happy birthday, Dale. Well, thank you very much for coming to see us. Egan Keating? Yeah, uh, I believe it would be uh, Yoan or, or Yoan Keating. Or Owen. I've got a job interview today for a healthcare Ooh. assistant position oh. in a hospital. They need the help now more than ever. Wish me luck, lads. Well, all the best, Owen. Good Absolutely, luck. Absolutely, mate. Harry Iverson. Eat, lads. It's the Geordie bus driver. Could I get the a shout-out? For, for my fiance Alex, it's her birthday, too. And we are still in lockdown. Upside down face emoji. Happy, happy so, birthday. You have just uh, heard, then, Ollie Davis's Geordie accent. The same one that he does for an impression of Pete's lady partner. <laughs> <laughs> Engaged. Is it when I get you know that sorry they got engaged over the weekend. Yeah, it wasn't over the weekend. Everyone tweet them that say congratulations. <laughs> gacha teens, I got blocked by a girl today. Humans are weird. I mean, it depends on what you did, I suppose. Mm, let's let's carry on. Juan Villa, speaking of beers, do you guys have any Coronas, Modelos, Heinekens? 
I actually do have a box of Corona beers in the cupboard. And I'll tell you for why, Oliver Davis. A, there was quite a lot of them at my local supermarket. But B, because they had a box of 10 for £13.50 or a box of 18 for £14. And I was like, that's simple math to me, mate. For an extra 50p, I'll get an extra eight beers. I'll have some of that. And also, I don't mind them. The best maths, though... A free Beer 52. Get your free case of craft beer down below. Adam Pearson. Hey, Adam. Hey, Adam. Hey, gents. Thank you for keeping me entertained during these difficult times and bringing much-needed smiles to the faces of the SWAF nation. You're Thanks, Adam. welcome, Adam. I, you know, I know we're all applauding for the NHS and healthcare <laughs> workers on Thursday nights, but me and Luke know it's really for us. Should we try and get that going during Quizzlemania that everyone leans out their windows and starts clapping for <laughs> us doing Quizzlemania? Yes. <laughs> um, Tristan Thorne. Thank you guys for still bringing us content during these troubled times. I'm a courier, so I have to deal with delivering the specimens that contain the virus. Whoa. Scary times. Stay strong and stay safe. You too, Tristan. I'm pretty sure that's the start of a thriller movie. Yeah, you are right. the protagonist, man. And your name's was... Tristan Thorne? That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It was like at the start of Outbreak. Um, uh, thank you to Del Creasy for sending us the same super chat uh, twice. Uh, thank you very much, my friend. Uh, we've also had a Japanese name saying, Quizzle Menu is one of the funniest contents you guys have ever put out. So excited for the next one. Haha. <laughs> By the way, it's Taiwanese, not Japanese, Luke. I do apologize. I'm very, very stupid. Just as bad as uh, Vince and uh, thank you to Greg Williams for your donation we've got a last minute super chat in from Gabriel Reyes who said they mentioned draft picks were expiring I've no idea how they even plan on entertaining the idea of a draft during this time I don't think they know either okay so can I make a bold prediction here Uh, that was a nonsense line added in by commentary to explain why Apollo Crews was there that wasn't actually the plan all along yeah it was just like well Apollo Crews is available um the draft picks are expiring there you go it's one line of dialogue and we fix the issue yeah yeah that that makes sense um are there any over on the thing that we forgot to plug on Streamlabs (laughs) Well, well remembered, Ollie. We actually have got two. Oh. We've got uh, still thinking of a username saying, I hate Steve Carino. Because of him, we couldn't have uh, the return of the greatest Raw After Mania star, the Beach Ball. Uh, also, if I'm not mistaken, there were no repeat matches from other of this show. Is that the first since this whole thing started? It is. Yeah, this is the first time they had no archive footage, just lots of video packages mm. of the night previous, which, you know, they would have had on a regular Raw After Mania. Yeah. Um, and... and... Gone. No, I was going to say there was another one. Oh, sorry. I thought you wanted to talk about Beach Ball. Uh, Nate Drop Surname is our last one here. Long-term booking. Apollo was the <laughs> last piece of that Alexa Bliss trade. He came over from Acquire's Draft Prick set to expire. LOL. Now, I'm pretty sure Raw got Brock. They, ex- they, yes. they traded Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross to get Brock, which is a really smart trade on SmackDown's side. <sighs> yeah, it wasn't, wasn't well thought out there. Well, thank you, everyone, all so much for your... Uh, your super chats and for joining us today. So yeah, hit me with your WrestleMania 36 thoughts. Obviously, people can go and watch your reviews of them over on the old YouTubes, but uh, people want podcasts. They want the audio format, the unfiltered, the unedited. Yeah, they laid on us. They want me to talk about it in a non-yelly, obnoxious, green screen backdropped kind of way. And I agree. 
it's a nicer way to review a show. Um, but I, I was really blown away by a number of things. Uh, I, and 95% of it positive. You know, I was blown away by what they did to Shayna in a bad way. And I was blown away by Goldberg versus Braun Strowman, which is just so abhorrent. So abhorrent in totality. Like, there's so many individual things wrong there. Putting the belt on Goldberg in the first place. The whole Roman Reigns thing. Just announcing Braun Strowman 24 hours beforehand with no big angle. And then the actual match itself. Just an absolute S-word show. However, I loved both movie wrestling matches. And it genuinely changed my view of what wrestling can be like i've i've been sitting here as have you as have a lot of people been saying undertaker's done he should have retired three years ago it's embarrassing and of all the things i thought i would come out of wrestlemania thinking or saying i did not think for one second it would be that the undertaker has a minimum decade left in him Right. Me and Adam said the exact same thing on the podcast, which was like, yeah, I mean, WWE have worked out the formula now for another 10 years of Undertaker matches because you can accentuate the positives and hide all the negatives around the magic of editing. It's absolutely inspired. I I had so much fun watching that match and a different kind of fun than what i what i usually have watching wrestling because it's so different and i know everyone's gonna say matt hardy did it first and yes he did like we cannot ignore his contribution to what wrestling has had to become now like people say i ah, he told the future well not really i don't think wrestling was gonna go this way if it wasn't for this big cataclysmic event but I, much like, you know, when you look at the early genesis of, I- of ideas, that they're actually quite unrefined and not what the successful version looks like. And Matt Hardy's had that cinematic style, but it was also a very, well, it was, it was the, it was the room. Hmm. Yeah. But now what they've, what WWE have done, like they've said they've been doing for decades, but they actually haven't. They actually made a movie. And it wasn't a great movie. Like, I would... But this was a perfect movie that I would get drunk with my mates around my house, watch, and be equally thrilled by in terms of, man, that was badass, and also laugh at it at the same time. Those are not mutually exclusive emotions. Mm -hmm. Completely agree. Yeah, no, I completely agree. But I had the... So I I, I took a bit of heat in the uh, In Case You Missed It video because... I said that I thought that the the Boneyard match was sort of silly nonsense. But I meant that in, a, in an endearing way. I meant that in a good way. That I meant that, That's why I liked it, because it was quite silly and goofy. But everyone took that to mean that I hated it. It was the whole Matt Hardy, it was fine thing all over again. Um, but I had the complete opposite reaction to the Cena-Wyatt fun, uh, Firefly Funhouse match on night two, which I actually thought was a work of art like wwe.com called the boneyard match a harrowing experience and i'm like no guys it was quite silly really it was quite goofy and very cheeseball but the cena wyatt match that was genuinely harrowing that felt like an actual horror movie at times and beyond a horror movie i would argue i would say it is akin to a great video essay poem Mm. Which is which is a really like I, I love that genre, and you usually only get it in arty farty pretentious 
cinema chains where you get like the, a, the cinema chains you go to exactly um so to see it done on a subject that i'm really into how john cena should have turned heel and the fiend just just incredible just incredible and i get that there's what I found really interesting was a lot of people missed so much stuff in that, you know, to, and maybe that's, maybe there is no definitive reading of it. The fact that we're talking about a wrestling match as to having multiple different readings and interpretations to it is, is a genuinely a benchmark in how people are going to hopefully absorb wrestling going forward. But I got from it that the whole piece, and it was laid out very clear by Bray at the start, this is the toughest match John Cena will ever have to have because it's against himself. And people are like, well, why was WCW Nitro in there? Why was Saturday Night Main Event in there? That doesn't make any sense. It's charting the parallels between Hulk Hogan and John Cena and, and how yeah. Hogan did turn heel, but Cena never did. Absolutely fascinating. And actually, someone... I, I'm kind of guessing. So I've done a, a recorded a video of like the Easter eggs and sort of a breakdown of the the Firefly Funhouse match. And I was just listening to a podcast then that had a different interpretation of the uh, WCW segment that I didn't think of, and I was like, oh, that's actually I quite like that actually. Which is they talk, you know, it's not just it was the Hogan heel turn and it rejuvenated his career and gave him multiple more years on top. That was Hogan at his worst of backstage politicking. And ah. one of the other parts of the thing is when he's talking about you're a horrible person, you're a bully, and you did use your backstage sway to keep people down. So would the heel turn have actually made him an even worse backstage politicker? Would it have made him even more Hogan? Yeah, that's that that I that was another part that I kind of forgot about in because it is so dense with <laughs> uh, just context, really. And that is, yeah, John Cena buried JTG. For very mm -hmm. illegitimate grounds. We don't know what happened between him and... Uh, what's his name? Alex Riley. Alex Riley. He slept with Mickey James when she was engaged to Kenny Dykstra. This, these are yeah. not the actions of a super baby face that everyone should look up to, which was the exact character he was portraying at the time. Yeah, it was just an absolutely fascinating match. And I've had quite a few tweets from people and comments from people who said that they didn't get it. And I don't think that's, you know, I think that's fine. If you didn't get it, if it's not for you, then that's absolutely fine. But I thought it was a work of art. I thought it was absolutely masterful. I don't want to see one every month. Um, I don't want to see one every two months, really. Uh, but, you know, once a year, maybe, if you really made the Firefly Funhouse match, and, you know, it's not going to work for everyone. It's not going to work for every single character. But there are certain characters that I think it would work great in. You see Shinsuke Nakamura tweeted, let me in. Oh. He'd like to do one. Like, that's a really fascinating one. There's this, you know, the biggest star in Japan, or one of the biggest stars in Japan, came over to WWE and did nothing. Like, he won the Rumble, but then did nothing. Surely that's something you can dive into. And, you know, we said on the uh, the podcast yesterday, a Vince McMahon versus Bray Wyatt match inside the Firefly Funhouse. It can happen. It can happen. And that mean, crikey, that's like a, a ten-part miniseries um, of what of what Vince went through. I'm, I mean, looking short term, I think Braun Strowman makes the most sense. Get the title off of him onto Bray. The Wyatt family history is there. 
I want to see Braun get frustrated by what's going on in the match and just run through sets. <laughs> oh, another yeah. thing that I didn't I didn't get to go into in my review is they got over the feeling of just you know when you're in a dream and you are being like sort of restrained or you're punching someone, maybe this is uh, letting people into my own head too much, but you f- and you feel like there's nothing in them. You, like the punches just have no power, even though you feel like you're putting as much effort into them as possible. And how J- Cena was doing that, but there was just no one there. Every every pin- punch he missed. And um, but yeah, Braun Strowman, uh, I would really like to see. But surely, the long game, the big money, is Undertaker. Yeah, because right? that's how you do the Undertaker match. And there's also the Undertaker Bray Wyatt history. Yeah, yeah, we uh, it, you could I mean, could you imagine building this sort of like semi-cinematic universe over the next few years to then combine them together? I mean, actually, one of the other things I've been hearing on some podcast discussion about this is that do you think it's time to just retire the fiend character for a bit? Just really have the Bray Wyatt persona, sort of the Mister Rogers persona, but only bring the fiend out like you know once every couple of months once like every four months even you do it once a quarter and you make the the fiend appearance the big deal i don't think that's a bad idea yeah i i mean that's kind of what was happening originally before they you know spammed him a bit to be honest on tv he would only appear at the in a few angles on tv and then at the pay-per-view match uh but i wouldn't like to see mr rogers bray wyatt wrestle a lot on TV. I, I think the you know the look isn't good, but what Bray has done is he's opened up a portal from real reality into WWE continuity, um, which which will allow him, I think, to if he turned up as Wyatt family Bray Wyatt next week, I, I don't think that would jar too much mm. because that this thing and. I know what everyone's thinking who is on the AEW bandwagon. And they're, well, why does this work a Matt Hard? Why did you get so, you know, Undertaker teleported from the grave to AJ, behind AJ? You applaud the Firefly Funhouse. I genuinely, genuinely think it's a six-star match. And I've never rated a wrestling match (laughs) six stars. I stuck to my five out of five. And I I see where you're coming from, but... I don't know how much more I can explain myself that to show you that there is a difference between that sort of stuff happening in the rest in the world in the real life world like we saw with Matt projecting himself or teleporting in the seats right in view of the ring of the commentators compared with these hyper produced movie realities with Bray or the or the broken universe itself if that happened in the broken universe would not jar with me in the slightest nope yeah yeah no and I agree with you can I throw two other names before we get out of here sure be great for Firefly Funhouse matches Kevin Owens oh and Triple H (gasps) Triple H is the one yeah right I just thought of it then I was like you know you want to talk about someone who's got a long and storied career and has had some very interesting twists and turns in there Triple H, man, and he'd be so up for it as well. Yeah, because it'll be about him. <laughs> I, you, you could essentially do uh, Max Landis's wrestling. Is wrestling isn't wrestling or, or whatever it was uh, called? 
Yeah, wrestling isn't wrestling. That's the one. You yeah. could do that IRL. Well, as IRL <laughs> as it is. I mean, I yes, I do agree, but I actually think there's a, a big name that we've all missed that's on par with The Undertaker and would be absolutely amazing. There's so much meat there. Roman Reigns. <gasps> oh, yes, Staring us mate. right in the face. Get the title off of Strowman to Fiend at SummerSlam and then Fiend Reigns WrestleMania 37 in Hollywood where movies are made. (sighs) Well, that's some food for thought as we uh, get on out of here now. Thank you all so much for listening to this incredibly busy weekend of podcasts. We'll be back on Thursday with the AEW and NXT reviews. A big old week for NXT because it's essentially the takeover show that we didn't get. (laughs) Um, And we will then have the SmackDown review on Saturday because that show is still going ahead. The magazine show on the Friday. It's all happening. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We'll see you then. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.